You ready? Honey, how long are we going? I said, are you ready, man? Yeah, let's go. Ready? Ready, ready or, right. or not? Ready or not, here I come. You can't hide. Gonna find you and take it slowly. Ready or not, here I come. You can't hide. Welcome to the Ready or Not podcast. It's your boy Wee Wo, aka Luis Cruz, joined by my sister Annalise Cruz. Annalise, say what's up to everybody. Hey, Ready or Not fam. That's what I'm talking about. All right, I can't believe it. And Elise, you're seven months pregnant, yes. so that means you have two months left. Oof. Is that a is that a big shock to you? Yes, because I feel like I'm not prepared. I have nothing ready. <laughs> we talked about being ready or not. You're two months away. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I know. Well, like my students tell me every day, my stomach doesn't even look big. So maybe that's the reason why it hasn't really clicked that it's two months left because I feel like I'm not like as big as a watermelon yet. So maybe that's the reason. Maybe. All right, folks. Today's episode is called Deep Conversations at the Waffle House. We are are joined by a special guest, my brother. His name is Jesus Reyes. On the podcast, we're recording this. It's May 2nd. It's about 9 o'clock p.m. This is like way over Annalise's bedtime. So she's like tired over here looking at the mic like, damn, when is this going to end? Yeah, my eyes are closed. (laughs) That's all right. Annalise, give us an update. Let us know how you're doing. I still don't have a name. I got rid of all the ones we talked about last time. I got one that might work. Should I tell y'all? Do y'all want to hear? Absolutely. So I'm thinking about Camilo Yoel, Washington. Does it flow? Does it sound good? It sounds real Spanish to me, so I kind of like it. Camilo Yoel. How would you say that in English? Camilo Yoel. Okay. I dig it. I actually like that. Yeah. I do. All right. I'm with it. Annalise, talk to me a little bit about what has been most challenging. When you first spoke on this podcast, you talked about, wow, finding out was overwhelming and dealing with that and now sharing the news with family and friends and having to balance that between your personal and your career. So now, what would you say are the new challenges? What sort of steps are you taking getting ready for June? Um, right now, the most challenging is getting through my work days. Like you guys know, I'm a gym teacher and it is very, very, very exhausting dealing with kids all day. I'm, I'm pushing through making it to June 7th, but it's hard. Um, but another thing is just getting ready for the baby, making sure everything's prepared, making sure that I'm prepared because I don't got no experience with babies. So it's definitely scary, but I'm I'm getting through it. I'm watching a lot of TikToks, so you know, TikTok universities helping me out a little bit. It's like nah, I'm reading some books too. <laughs> I'm trying to get into TikTok. I still haven't figured it out. Way we have behind. a TikTok. Don't we? We we do. Ready or not, I just started yeah. a ready or not TikTok. Follow us. <laughs> Follow us. It's easy. R E D dash Y or not. But I, I don't know how to use it. So I'm going to 
I'm going to need your help <laughs> to post and everything like that because it's just, it's complicated. You've been working. You did a little bit of traveling. So you are trying to continue your normal life. Obviously, you're very mindful of the fact that you're with child, but what sort of unexpected scares have you had in this pregnancy journey? All right. So that you could for, talk about. Yeah. So for one, I, I just scared that I'm going to have the baby at any second. So like I still work out, but now I'm like super scared to pick up a weight because I'm like, oh, my God, what about if I pick up this weight and I have this baby right here in this gym? So I've been very cautious about that. I did have a little scare that I had to go to the hospital. I'm perfectly fine. The baby's fine. It's just since I'm a first time mom, I didn't know what was normal, what was not normal. So I just went to go get checked out. Everything is good. But it's just now that I'm 28 weeks, just scared that I'll have the baby early. Because when the doctors talk to me, they're like, oh, like there's a 96% chance of survival if you have the baby right now. So it's possible. And I'm like, oh, no. So that's my biggest scare right now. Have you like I say this respectfully. Have you been moody? Do you want to cuss everyone out, (laughs) including our mom? Oh, man. She wants us to sing the intro song. To Ready or Not? Yes. The Fugees, Lauren Hill. Yes. Cause she wants she to says promote that us. you sound like Lauren Hill. I don't know what she's hearing, but anyway, I have been a little bit moody just because maybe I'm just so exhausted and I'm trying to keep going with my regular routine, but my body is like lagging. So it's kind of stressing me out a little bit. Um, but other than that, I'm happy about looking forward to the baby shower, you know, being done with my job because school's out on June 7th. So, you know, I'm looking forward to June and I'm looking forward to July to meet my baby. So for the most part, I'm happy. (laughs) Well, hey, I appreciate you staying way past your bedtime right now to do this. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Gonna find you and Now that I escape, sleep, walk away. Those who can relate know the world ain't cake. Jail bars ain't golden gates. Those who fake, they break when they meet their 400-pound mate. If I could rule the world. All right, folks. Welcome back to the Ready or Not podcast. All right, folks. As I told you, we have a special guest on today's podcast, Jesus Reyes. So I, I know Jesus since high school. All right. We go way back. He has an a ready or not situation that is heavy. And I'm so thankful that he's going to take the time to to join us and chat about that. But before we get into that, let's talk about those odd jobs that we had growing up. I worked at a, at a McDonald's in high school. A lot of folks know about the fast food restaurant game. Like it's not always fun. Jesus, he worked at a at a Waffle House. That's that's interesting because, I mean, that's that late night diner that everybody goes to after the club. Jesus, can you hear us? Yes, sir. All right, I my can hear you guys. First of all, say what's up to everybody. What's up? What's up? Let, let everybody know you're you're here in living color. I'm around. I'm around. Okay. All right. So confirm. What age were you when you started working at the Waffle House? 
when I was working at the Waffle House, I was 18, about to turn 19. Okay. So you started that job at the Waffle House. So now you are like past that age. You're an adult technically. So you can work eight hour shifts. You know, there was nothing crazy that that sort of like cut your, your hours. What shift were you on? I was working a graveyard shift overnight. Oh, seven, seven. Probably the worst. I hate that shift. Okay. I hate it. All right. So what happened? What was the craziest scenario during that graveyard shift? The craziest scenario? I almost got robbed twice, mm-hmm. believe it or not. And they both called me when I was sleeping. I was literally sleeping. I had a good nap, too. That's crazy. So you were at the Waffle House, 18, 19 years old, taking a little baby nap. Probably was 3, 4 in the morning. Actually, yeah. Yeah, it was like 3.30. 3, 4 yeah. in the morning. Yeah. And somebody just like, what, taps you in the shoulder or what? No. How did I, that go so, down? <laughs> so what happened was the cook was actually sleeping on the, um, on the bar stool area. I was sleeping more towards the back. So when somebody come in the door, the bell goes off. So that that's what woke me up. He come to the register. I walk to the register. How can I help you? He pulled out this big ass kitchen knife. Talking about I need all the money in the drawer. I immediately stepped back like, yeah, I don't even know how to open this drawer. Do what you do. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. But I I want to bring in Elise in real quick. And Elise, so. I think you might have been one of the more, like, privileged kids (laughs) that didn't necessarily have to, like, have a a high school job. Like, I'm your brother, and I can't even think of what high school job you had. Oh, wait a second. Oh, first, I worked at Hershey Park at 15 at the guest services. So I was taking the tickets. And then I worked at Red Robin as a host. Around like 16, 17. And I also worked at Sears at the same time. So I did have a job. (laughs) He tried tried to play you, sis. Yeah. Listen, I stand corrected. I can confirm that's all true. Now I do remember. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Enough of that. Enough of that. All right, folks. We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, let's dive deep. Ready or not, here I come, you can't hide, gonna find you. All right, welcome back to the Ready or Not podcast. It's Luis Cruz here, joined by my sister Annalise, and our special guest today is Jesus Reyes. All right, I go back knowing Jesus since I was in high school. All right. This guy went to Harrisburg High School. He was one of the most confident people I knew. Like we were at the Capital City Mall. For those that don't know, it's one of the the prominent malls in our area. Hesu, you could find him there on a Friday or Saturday night, like just walking through just with his confidence. It was super bright. Like you could dare this guy to to go up to any girl and he would he would shoot a shot. He had no problem. But the reason why he's on this podcast is because he had a ready or not situation. And it was it was pretty heavy. And so can you walk me through that? I know there's there's a lot to 
to really explain, but help me out. Uh, so I was 22 going on 23, um, you know, just trying to enjoy my birthday weekend. One of the first times I was going out after turning 21, so it was something big for me. So I go out, and I'm enjoying my night. And I, a week later, I, I'm charged with aggravated assault and attempted criminal homicide for a fight that broke out where I assaulted a female and left her with 43 stitches on her cheek. I know that's not easy to talk about because I know you as a person. I know your character. I know that anyone that listens to that, first of all, will probably have the wrong idea. What I want you to to explain is what transpired that night. What led to that? When we talked about this, I didn't know about the amount of stitches. I didn't know about that. And that's kind of, and that's that's graphic. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea here. Give me give us a little more context. All right. So um I'm at the uh eclipse. I don't know if you remember the eclipse. I'm at the eclipse on the dance floor. We dancing, me and my cousin. Um, I guess I, I bumped uh, a female the wrong way. So she starts screaming. Things start going left, like punches being thrown. And you, I think, I'm like five, ten shots in. Drinks galore. People buying me Jägermeisters. Like, I'm wasted. Not saying I'm I'm making any type of excuse or anything for it because it's not it's wrong period, but so we dancing on the dance floor, and one thing that I've shown never I'm swinging and I hit this female and again forty three stitches on her face, and yeah. All right, your it's it's your birthday weekend. You're having a good time. You're celebrating. You have. You have a lot to drink. Yes. Yeah. And you're partying. Something goes down on the dance floor. A fight breaks out. Right. Okay. So there was, there was nothing personal about. No. Any no, particular person. Personal with me. It was just a brawl I never on the met, dance floor. Right. Right. I never met the female I assaulted a day before. I never knew from mechanic pain or her or her friends anything, and I assaulted her. Like I said, things got wild. I wasn't thinking. I'm just swinging because all I was thinking was I got to defend myself. Regardless who's in my way, I had to defend myself. And that's all that I was thinking about. Widespread. It was chaos in there. Yes, sir. So you're just... Blood de- all defend- over my shirt. Defending yourself. You don't know what, I don't know who I'm swinging are- at. I don't know. I am just know I'm defending myself, your body at the end of the day. Right. It's just- you, you felt... You were in a in a situation where you you were threatened. You just have to. I, I felt like my back was against the wall. Yeah, my back was definitely against the wall. Now maybe it was just a drunk mindset because I could have easily just be like, oh, I everybody's at the club. But I'm I'm from the era where somebody swing on you, you got to swing back. So that's the first thing that popped in my head. Is my mom saying, if somebody hits you, you better hit back. And I was hitting back. You got hit. Yeah. You swung back. That, without thinking twice. Didn't know who was 
who did it and didn't what care. was going on really around you it sadly but i didn't care i didn't care i i had to defend myself fast forward you find a way to get out of the club you're with other friends right yes sir so you end up leaving you remember how the the rest of the night played out so once once the fight was like once once my uh actually uh carlos was there so carlos actually carlos is a friend of yours a yes, friend sir. of mine too so carlos was was able to break me break me apart from the uh from the uh big rumble so he, he got me like yo go so i'm out i see my uh my two cousins who i rode there with we, we the uh the car was parked in the uh, parking garage right next door to Pizza Shot. We went straight in there. We left. We could have got away, but my cousin who owned the Pizza Shop stopped us. Didn't know what was going on. We were just talking, and as we was pulling off, the cops stopped us. I ended up getting arrested because I had a warrant from 06 for, from, from, from a fine iron pet. I bailed out on that, but they actually picked me up a week later. A week later. Um... The lady I assaulted and her friend pointed me out in a lineup. So they came and got me with 9.30 in the morning, September 10th, 2010. So here you were a week later after everything went down and yeah. you were in a lineup and you got picked out. Well, the way they did their lineup, they just had like six, eight pictures on Six, six, eight the different pictures on a piece of paper. They gave it to her, and then that's when she circled me. But I was I wasn't in no personal lineup. It was just on a piece of paper they had. So now you were twenty three. Twenty three, facing twenty to forty. And they hit you with those, with that aggravated assault and attempted criminal homicide. Those charges. Yes, sir. Yep. All right. So now I have a few questions for you. So let's just backtrack a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you said you were 23. I'm 23. So what was like your goals, your mindset? Like what track were you on before this happened? Oh, um, what track I was on? I was actually, I'm, all, I'm like a year in working for Wine and Spurs, actually a state job. Just got me a, my, my first apartment. So I was already planning on the future. Like I told myself, after high school, I'm like, I'm going to have kids and be married, but I'm 25. So at 23, I'm like, oh, I'm on the right track. I got a yeah. state job. So I know the benefits of that, that that's going to come from that. Um, I just got my apartment. Actually, I'm still at the same apartment, believe it or not. And I was, I, like, I had goals to already get married, yeah. move, have kids. Like, I had my whole life planned out. And then, like, that Everything changed, and I had to readjust to a whole new lifestyle. Yeah, so you were definitely preparing for the future. So when this happened, what were your, like, first emotions? Like, what was going through your head? Like, what was the first thoughts? Um, I started crying. Like, I was, I was, I was, I, I balled up in a, um, in a uh, bullpen downtown, like you not, I curled up. I was crying. I was calling for my mom. I sounded like a big baby. Like I was going through it, and then just hearing everybody say, "Oh man, just send me upstate," and da da da. I'm like, 
this is my first time getting locked up. I'm thinking about all the movies, about people getting taken advantage of, and I'm like, I was, I was nervous. I was scared. Plus, I'm skinny, so <laughs> I was. I'm not gonna lie. I was scared as shit. Yeah, um, and that's understandable because this was a life changing thing, and it was unexpected. So now, what were those first days like? Can you describe them? Are you talking about the first days out the county or my first day of state prison? Those are two different experiences for me. At the county, if you want to talk about that first. So my first experiences out the county, I was nervous. Like, 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 like I said, I'm seeing people, and actually I ran into somebody who we had like a big-ass fight back in the day. So I didn't know how to take that. I didn't know if he was going to start swinging on me or what. Yeah. So I'm over like, I'm just... I had a, I had a, I was walking around with a pen because I had to protect myself. I was like, I was nervous. I ain't leave my cell. I don't know what to expect. I, I ain't, I ain't do nothing. I stayed in my bed all day. All right. Um, but eventually, I learned the routine. I, I, I met some people, so I built a routine. I built some. I ain't gonna say I got comfortable, but I got somewhat comfortable. All right. My first experiences of state, I'm not going to lie, we pulled up. I'm saying flowers and everything. I'm thinking I'm pulling up to a college. Yeah. Then, then I get inside, I'm saying people with cats. Ooh. I didn't know what to expect. Cause now they had I'm emotional the, animals. Yeah. Dogs, all that. Now I'm upstate. I'm with the big dogs. I'm over. And I, I, all I'm thinking about is the movies. Like, they might, I might get my cheeks taken I, I was nervous I ain't, I ain't know what to think yeah like cause I'm saying all types of movies where like you know the small but now people now it's real get, life yeah when small people is getting taken advantage of and I and here's a, a fresh story I almost got taken advantage of cause I'm just meeting somebody talking to him we just having a good time I got pulled to the side they were like don't talk to him cause he's a booty taker so I'm like right there so that's why I'm like yeah yeah, so what helped you stay strong? Like, what kept you together? Like, if one thing you could say that just kept you going, what was it? The one thing was uh, my friends and family who, who was writing me. Darren, uh, Tim, uh, Sweeta, like, all my all my best friends. My brother, Angel, my cousin, Jennifer, my mom. Like, I had no girlfriends or nothing. I had this one, but like besides that, it was my f- friends and family. Just talking to them and my nieces, nephews, hearing how they doing football, softball. It was that. And Hesu, at that time, I remember, you know, I was still in high school. I had I had heard about what happened, but I I didn't get the whole full story. I'm learning a lot in this conversation actually with you because you know if you remember I was a freshman when you were a senior you graduated I'll never forget June 6 2006 666 which everybody they they saw that date and they were like whoa and I remember being still in high school I lost touch but I, I could imagine that uh during that time 
it had to be difficult because the mail came less and less. That that definitely you, you once you once told me about that. Yeah, I felt I, I felt shame. I felt guilt because I'm thinking, wow, Hesu was was my friend, always had my back. You know, in those high school days, early, I was a freshman. I was still finding my way, and during a dark time in his life, we lost we lost connection. We didn't have any problems. No, it was no. just that we were in different places in our lives, and I didn't realize. That you were going through all that, I I think nothing about it. So don't feel no type of way. We had this talk already. We good. How did you get through during those times when now you're in? This is like the middle of your sentence. Now it's year four. Yeah. Um. Honestly, then by the time I'm like two and a half, three years in. I'm already having my routine as far as I'm working or I'm going to school, a, a trade or whatever. I was in a barber school for like a month and a half, but then I got transferred to a county jail. I was actually at the same county jail that Sandusky was at and during his trial. So around that time, I would ju- I just had a schedule. I wake up, I work, I work the kitchen from four to twelve, come back, count time. After count time is yard, come back another count time, dinner, yard, or or a block out. And during those times, you, you know, you could be on a block playing chess, dominoes, pinochle. Uh, you could watch TV, you just stay in your cell. But so at like the two, three, four year mark, I, I, didn't, I already had my routine. So now I'm just gelling. I'm just... Because in the beginning, I w- I'm saying everybody go home, and I'm stressing. I'm like, I should be going home. I should be home. I shouldn't be here. Like, I didn't need a whole five to ten years sentence to know what, what I did was wrong. I ain't need all that, but I did. So, But in the beginning, I was like, I deserve to be home. But I learned that everybody has their time, so it, it's not my time yet. So, uh, But I learned to take joy in seeing everybody go home because I was like, the faster y'all go home, the faster I go home. So I need to see y'all home. So come on. Go home, go home. So, but I just had my routine. I stuck to it. I, I, I kept my same routine up until the, the day I came home, regardless if I had phone time or whatever. If I was getting on the phone, I got on the phone. If I went to the yard, I went to the yard. If I went to church, I went to church. I kept my same routine until I went home. And once I came home, I just... I did the same thing I did before I got locked up. I got on the grind and started working. That routine, it, it helped you get through? Was that a routine you were able to stay with, keep consistent throughout the time? Yeah, and I I needed that routine. And the reason why I needed a routine is because I noticed the more I'm just laid back, sitting back, is when I'm thinking about this situation at hand. And I need my mind distracted. I can't just sit back and think about that shit. I I can't. So I got to just, because I learned that when you sit back and think about it, it's, it's still going to happen. Life goes on. So it's not going to do nothing but waste time. You got you to gotta keep on with life. So I just, I found my routine, and I just kept that same routine and that mindset as far as, I'm rooting for everybody to go home so I could go home faster. Let's fast forward to the 
to the last six months. Mm-hmm. All right. So you know that freedom is yeah. right is right upon you. you I'm, know sorry, I'm you, having that bubble day guts is, every is day. Finally, around the corner. And I kept that hush hush from everybody. That nobody know. Like I told Darren only because Darren was picking me up, but I didn't tell my mom, didn't tell nobody. Like I, I, my whole plan was to just pop up, like yo, I'm home. So, like, like, like I said, I, I just kept my same routine, like to the point where I ain't tell my Sully till what the last few weeks. So didn't nobody know, nobody. Even but, leading up to that, that very day. That's when now. The like the day of the day before that's when everybody knew because I came home on a Monday, so the day before you come home, you gotta go throughout the whole jail and sign out. So on Friday, I had to go to like the property commissary laundry and have them sign a paper. And people in jail know when you're going out for that walk to get everything signed, you going home. Cause that means you go home the next day. So. That's when everybody started finding out and was like, oh, why didn't you tell me? Look, I got to go home. Like, we cool. I got to go home. That's it. So what were the toughest lessons that you learned during all of this? Ooh, the toughest lessons, lessons I heard, I learned, um, was definitely you got to respect. Because one, one thing is jail, you leave with respect. I mean, it's 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 like the golden rule. You treat people how you want to be treated. So, like when I first was upstate, I was kind of Joe. So I'm just walking in people's cell, doing whatever I wanted. And I learned the hard way because I walked in somebody's cell, and he put a knife to my neck. Like, yo, don't ever do that again, ever. So I learned to just you know just have respect, and you know just. You know, just treat people how you want to be treated. So that's one of the biggest lessons I learned. Yeah, so you said a little bit about some things you definitely know now. But is there anything else that you would change knowing what you know now? Is Probably, I know one of the things I would change, but the more I think about it, it's like it made me who I am. Now... The day I went out, I called off work. I could have not called off work, went to work, and not come out, but I want to be me. I want to be who I am today. We probably won't be doing this podcast. So it's easy to say I could change that because then I want to be in jail. And then, But it made me who I am today. So I could I change that? Yeah, no, but again, it's who I am. And how many years has it been since? Um, I've been released seven years. Now, I got booked. I got arrested September 10th, 2010. So it's been, what, the 13 years? Going on to the 13 years, I've been, uh, I've been arrested since the first day. How does that feel today, looking back, knowing that you've been released You've been out longer than that time you spent in. It's it's still hard to believe because I still catch myself 
I don't, I don't tell a lot of people that I catch myself going back reading my old letters and saying all that shit and just knowing this shit I've been through and I seen a lot up there too my neighbors died people get stabbed up so yeah let me tell you Hesu what you went through in there I could only imagine how difficult that must have been talk about untimely when I was talking to my sister before this interview, one of the things that was brought up was this is a different type of scenario, completely different. Mm-hmm. You know, when we when we started this podcast from the first episode, this is only episode two. We were talking about receiving that that unexpected news of being pregnant, mm-hmm. right? It's you're you're feeling blessed. You're you're feeling joy, but at the same time, you're also overwhelmed. You might feel an easiness because most times you're not prepared. Right. Right? In your situation, this is like on another level as far as like life changing. You had to, to be removed from society for all for all those years and then come back Five and, and adjust half. and figure yourself out and figure out how to, to readapt to everything. Right, and it's challenging at that too because even though you, me, sis, tell me everybody, I know that I'm a good person, I got to go through an extra hurdle because now I got a felony on my record. So now people just saying that, I'm like, I I get skipped over on a job, apartments. So now, so now I got to work 10 times as harder because of my, my jacket because what I'm labeled as, so... Not everybody thinks about that. What what it's like to come back afterwards. The whole rehabilitation. That's something that is sometimes overlooked. You spent so many years, you know, and, and so now all of a sudden, now you got to come back in a new age. Think about it. Back in 2010, there were certain social media platforms that weren't existent. Phones. Just I had an way, iPhone 3. You had an iPhone, iPhone 3. 3. Now you're out. And it's it's a what? It's an iPhone. When I first came home, it was the iPhone 6 Plus. It was the iPhone 6 Plus. Look at that. Yeah. All right. And I know that's trivial. It's like, oh, who cares? We're just talking. It's just a piece of technology. That's to show you how much changed during the time that you were away. There's a lot that happens. Yeah. You know, and I'm 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 so so proud of you that you were able to to come out and get right back to it. You know. I didn't have no Get choice. right back to. I know you didn't have any choice, right. but you could have. You could have had the. You just gave up. a different mindset, right? Kidda came back and and felt like just defeated, but you didn't. You know, you came back and you were stronger, right? And I want to congratulate you too because today you're a dad of two beautiful kids. Yeah, Carter, Justice, and you're the goddad of Carter, and I'm super honored. It's it's interesting because Annalise, you're gonna have a baby boy, a baby boy who has cousins now, mm. Carter and Justice. That's awesome. It's a it's a beautiful thing to see you now on the other side. Appreciate it. Yeah. I'm st- I'm still growing. I still got ways to go. You're listening to the Ready or Not podcast. When we come back, we're gonna wrap it up here with Hesu. There's so much we could have talked about, but we are going to. To find a way to bring this bring this all together and tie it all up full circle. Ready or not, here I come. You can't hide. 
Your non podcast, Hesu Reyes here with us. Hesu, you were 33 when you found out that you were going to have your Justice. first child. Justice Reyes, strong yeah. name. Justice Michael Reyes, strong name. And Elise, you're 23. So there's a 10 year difference there when you first found out that you were having your first child. Yeah. And Elise, you could speak on that. All right. So I could say for myself, that when I first found out, I was in shock. How were you feeling when you found out? So it was crazy when I found out about justice. We we was actually trying for like two years. Like we was going to doctor's appointments to get my sperm check count, check her age to a point where we was on. It, it was to a point where I was getting texts like, I'm ovulated, come now. I'm like, boss, I got to go. <laughs> like I was on a schedule, yeah. um. So how I found I found out Valentine's Day weekend. She called me over talking about I got something for you. Gave you a card. I felt it was something in here. I opened it. Boom. But believe it or not, I was more surprised on my second one okay. because I wasn't trying to have another one back to back, and it literally just happened back to back, and to the point where the birthdays is back to back. So you got two under two. I got two under two. And is it crazy? OMG. (laughs) SMH. Yeah, definitely Uh, not looking forward to the craziness with just one. So how you find out? So like I said before, I just, like my period was not coming. And I was like, hmm, something's not right because I'm always (laughs) on. Like the date is always right. So when I found out, I was like, I kind of knew because my period didn't come. It wasn't like a regular for me to be late. So I just had a feeling it was it was that. So let me ask you, is there any advice you can give me for prepping for the baby? Um, have patience. Be patient. Enjoy. Enjoy the, the baby stage because I'm telling you, once they start walking. Oh, my goodness. They start running. Like I, I can't do nothing. I can't even cook. I can't cook without. Yo, stop, stop. Hey, what are you doing? Is like, and he touched everything. Yeah. So enjoy the early stage because all they do is sleep. That's so cute. But you want to hold them. Yeah. But let them sleep. Just have patience. That's yes. all I got. I'm <laughs> ready. I'm ready to soak in those early newborn stages. And get ready um, to get pooped on too. It happens to everybody. Not looking forward to that at all. Oh, my peed, goodness. I got peed Ooh. on a few times. Yeah, well, thank God that I'm a teacher. So I've been practicing my patience, haven't conquered it all the way. But I can say that I working with kids. I see the struggles. But I'm excited to go on this journey with my own child. I'll tell you what. I don't even know how to change a diaper. Which is crazy. I can drop off Carter for practice. (laughs) You can have Carter. I don't even know how to change a diaper. Hesu, thank you, brother, for joining us. Appreciate y'all. I know we can have a much longer conversation. The the fact that you took the time and you know made the the effort to to come here and and discuss with us, I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing your story, for talking with us. 
and making this appearance on this Ready or Not podcast. No, thank you all. I got to ask, so we talked about the Waffle House and your time there. Uh-huh. How did it all come down to to you leaving there? Oh. What, what ended up playing out? I got fired. So how I got fired. So what I was doing, I, w- I was stealing. I was... Like what I would do was I I was a server. Were you stealing waffles? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I ate for free. So what I did was I had two checkbooks. One was for me. One was for the store. So um, I would just ring up certain stuff for me. I see certain people. I run. Hey man, just give me twenty bucks. But then I, I never get uh, snitched on. So actually. One of my other coworkers told me, was like, yo, when you go in, they're going to wait for your cab to leave and fire you and make you leave to go call your cab from somewhere else. I'm like, all right, cool. I got a cell phone. I waited till like 1130. I'm late already. Oh, yeah, I quit. Oh, what, what happened? Yeah, I ain't going to fire me. I quit. Well, actually, yes, yeah, so I quit. I ain't get fired. I dig it. You did it on your terms. And Elise, have you ever had food from the Waffle House? Yes. Waffle I House love, is good. I love their burgers. And they give it to you on like the regular bread. So it's like, it's just like a late night experience. Like you're hungry. Definitely after club vibe. It's amazing. That's a five course meal right there. Listen, super overrated. Never thought the food was good at the Waffle House. You're bougie. Never. You're bougie. I just felt like it was the only place that was up. I mean, that was still, you know, open at that random, you know, two, three in the morning, four in the morning time period. So you had no other choice but to go to the Waffle House. Down south, I'm thinking that's a different experience. Oh, yeah. Maybe down south, the Waffle House hits differently. I can imagine that. I went to one when I was in Atlanta, and it was so packed. It felt like the club was at the Waffle House. Yeah. So, like, I don't even remember if I even got a waffle, but the experience, it was lit. It was cool. My brother, Jesus Reyes, on the Ready or Not podcast. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Shout out to you. Listen, I'm I'm super proud of you. I'm telling you, man, like your story is your story. And I'm so glad that you were able to finish that one bad chapter. Yes. Yes, my guy. I wish you all the success, all the riches. I wish you all greatness. My brother. Thank you for listening to the Ready or Not podcast. We'll see you next time. Ready or not. Play my enemies like a game of chess where I rest. No stress if you don't smoke cess. Less. I must confess my destiny's man.